Amen. Amen. Well, with God's help, I want to draw your attention today to the life of the Apostle Paul, to his life of faith from Christ's death and resurrection. That is the, the title of our sermon, or my sermon this morning, Paul's life of faith from Christ's death and resurrection. And our text this morning is found in the Apostle Paul's letter to, to the Galatians, chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. The Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. May the Lord bless us as we consider his holy word. So as I said, today's sermon title is Paul's life of faith from Christ's death and resurrection and I want to uh, approach this text in four headings the first is crucified by faith with Christ the secondly is living by faith with Christ thirdly believing in Christ and fourthly marveling at Christ through faith so firstly crucified by faith with Christ. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote this letter to the Galatians, he was writing because there was a serious uh, issue going on in the church. Under the influence of certain Jews who had converted to Christianity, called the Judaizers, uh, the church was suffering. There was a, 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 an emphasis by the Judaizers, the, the Jewish Christians, on maintaining the law. An emphasis, in other words, uh, saying that a person is not saved by grace and through faith alone, but there is some work of cooperation that needs to happen between uh, man and God in order for man to be saved. There must also be some kind of cooperation with God's grace, the Judaizers would say, in order for a man to be saved. Search, certain uh, adherence, certain observances of the law of Moses must still take place. And that's why Paul is writing this letter to warn the congregation against these uh, ideas. And that's why Paul says, in, uh, if you read in the context from verse 16, he says, uh, knowing, verse 16 says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ, in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the law, for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. In short, the Apostle Paul is saying to the, to the Galatians that no flesh, no one can be justified by working his salvation. And then in verse 19, he says that, for I, for I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. 
And that's when he comes in and says to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what does this mean? Paul is saying, what, what, Paul is saying that he also died in the cross. Is he saying literally that he also died in the cross? In Golgotha, in, in Calvary? Is he saying that uh, he was alongside those, those thieves and murderers that were on the left and on the right side of Jesus? Did Paul also die in the, on the cross with Christ on Good Friday? No, he did not. What Paul is saying is that the way of death and destruction that led Jesus to the cross is all mine. That the place uh, that Jesus was occupying on that, on that Good Friday, Paul is saying, that is my place. I died. I was crucified with Christ. I was, he saved me. He has redeemed me from the sentence of the law. While I was obeying this, the law, he died for me there. Because my obedience of the law was nothing. was worthless. In his sacrifice, Paul saying, in his death, I died. I died with him there. I have been crucified with Christ. His, his death on the cross became my death. In other words, the Lord Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday. But he was in my stead, in my place. That is language of faith. He didn't die there, but he's saying, by faith I understand that Christ was there because of me. He's, it's as if uh, the Apostle Paul is uh, saying with one of those uh, criminals on the cross with Jesus, we indeed justly are perishing, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. Christ didn't, was not perishing on the cross uh, because of his sin. He was perishing on the cross because of the sin of others. And Paul is saying, I have earned that. I have earned, earned that death. I died on that cross. And Paul is saying to the Galatians, I understand you. you I, I was a, a Jew. In, in Philippians he says he was the best of Jews. That he was uh, of, the, of good caste, of good, uh, he had good descendancy. He had, he had, if any, ever, every, anyone was, uh, if ever anyone was saved by adherence to the law, Paul can say it was me. I did everything right. I have tried in many ways to be saved by works. I have tried many ways to, to please God by my actions. To all to no avail, he says. All to no avail. If there has been one who has earned a way to heaven through his zeal, through his prayer, through his self-righteousness, through his virtues, through his duties, Paul says, it was, it was me, and I didn't. But then he says, thanks be to God, the Lord opened my eyes, so that, so that now I understand that by faith I was crucified with Christ. All those dead works on the, that I performed were crucified on that cross. I died on that cross. I, I, I lay, lie dead in my sins and crimes at that cross. It was all a work of Christ. And what Paul is saying is that dying to the law, dying to this workaholic spirit of salvation must happen 
This dying by faith in Christ, being crucified in him, with him. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Christ has died, and so have I, Paul says. Because Christ is the fulfillment of the law. His righteousness, his perfection is what accomplishes our salvation as well. His robes of righteousness in us. In his death on the cross, Paul says, I have found my life and salvation. He could say, I'm sure Paul would agree with the words of Robert Murray McChain in that wonderful hymn that we uh, sung not many months ago uh, when he says, When free grace awoke me by light from on high, the legal fear shook me, I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self I could see. Jehovah Tzidkenu, God my righteousness, my Savior must be. And that's it. Do you know this? Do you know that all your work is worthless? All your best actions, all your best, uh, the, the, the most wonderful things that you can do in this life are like dirty rags before God. They will accomplish you nothing in the way of being favored for salvation. That you cannot stand in the presence of the almighty, righteous, holy judge in your own filthy clothes. Do you understand this in your heart? As Christians, we need to understand this. We need to understand that even now, the righteousness that we, the, the, the words of righteousness that we do are not done to please God uh, or to, to earn favor or merit from God. They are done out of a thankful heart as we desire to bring Him glory but not because we are trying to earn anything from him. So in a sense, we, when Paul says, I have crucified, I've been crucified with Christ, he is saying, I no longer need to work on that salvation. It has all been done. He, he died. He not only saved me from hell, but he saved me for heaven. We often, when we hear about uh, or think about Christ's death on the cross, we think about what Christ saves us from, and that's right. But we need to realize that he also saves us too. All your righteousness, all your self-righteousness in God's sight are like filthy rags. Everything of you, Paul is saying, everything that is of you must be destroyed, must be burned up, must be crucified. Your life was weighed in the scales and it was found lacking. It was too thin, too light. There's nothing in you that is uh, of you that is pleasing to God. It's not easy to hear. It's not easy for me to say this. And I'm sure it, because it's not easy for us to hear it. We are prideful in heart. We want to have some kind of merit. That's how we work. That's how we've been Thought, uh, taught from an early age. That's how I, we teach our children. You want to, to have that, uh, receive your allowance, you need to do this, this, and this. And as they grow older, when we go to school, you want to have good grades, you need to study. You, and if you want to get a good job, you need to study a lot. We, we are told that in, in the workplace, if you don't work, you will not be promoted. So from, from everything that we get taught in, in this life, it is work and receive. 
Christ comes in and he says, don't work. Your work is valueless. Believe and receive. I remember when I came to London, I think I've told this story before. I remember when I moved in, uh, someone told me, because they were... Uh, previously from my home country or in my home country as well and he told me look you have to forget all about your culture here everything has a price here no one gives anything for free here and it's true it is true in, in, in Portugal as well it's it's not like uh, Portugal is this wonderful place where people are giving you things for free but it is true of every place in the world nothing is for free but then you come to the gospel, and it's by grace, for free. Not because there was no price paid. The price was paid, but it was paid by another. It was paid by Christ. So Paul here is saying that his life is very much connected to Good Friday. That was just uh, remembered a couple of days ago. His, because he has died on that cross, he has crucified the flesh. And yes, it is hard for us to hear. But it is nonetheless the truth of the gospel. And when you understand it is not hard, it is the most releasing thing in the world. Do you mean that I do not, do not need to work for my salvation? That, I, that my salvation is paid for, it's free without cost to me? Yes, it's by grace through faith. Because by faith you died with Christ. Everything in yourself, everything of yourself, all that self-love, all, all that, that self-centeredness that so often brings us to the brim, if not makes us cross it to, into depression in this world, that anguish, that love for self that so often leads us to, to, to destroy our lives. That love for self, take it away. Stop loving yourself that way. Nail yourself to the cross. Your doings, your self-righteousness, your perceptions, your own self, your flesh must, must, must be crucified with Christ. With everything. So that you then can glory in Him. So that then Jesus Christ and Him crucified is your life song. You don't know anything else in the world but Christ and Him crucified. He is your only rock. He is your only ark of salvation. He is the one in, that you, the security of your life lays upon. And what a wonderful place to be. In Him lies salvation and eternal life. So in a sense, for Paul, Good Friday, that we just looked a couple of days ago, Christ's death was a death that he lived by faith. That he died by faith, I mean. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. That's where it has to go for you as, as well. The Lord Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. What is Jesus saying to you? You need to hate your old self. You need, Christian, you need to hate your old self. Let's go to our second point. Having considered his, 
relationship with by faith with Good Friday, his death being crucified on the cross, we see that Paul says he lives by now by faith in Christ, with Christ. He says Galatians two twenty I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer how you live, but Christ lives in me. And this is where Paul goes from the Good Friday to the Resurrection Sunday. To the, I think it's appropriate for us to say Easter Sunday, right? I, I'm always struggling with, with terminology. Um, but it's here that Paul moves from Good Friday by faith to Easter Sunday by faith. And it is the God, the Holy. It is God, the Holy Spirit, that leads him there by grace alone, into these saving mysteries of, of of salvation. Nothing comes from him. He knows by faith and experience that Christ has was crucified, and his old self was crucified as well, completely paid. That Christ bore his well-deserved punishment and atoned for his sins. But he now understands that he also needs to have a different life. A new man needs to, to be formed. A new creation. A, a born again uh, status. That's Resurrection Sunday. That's Easter Sunday. Being raised to newness of life. Christ was resurrected by the Father. So, so must he be. That's why Paul is able to say in Romans 4.25 that Christ died for our sins, was delivered uh, for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. So you see, that's why Paul also says in the, to the Corinthians that if Christ had died and did not raise uh, again from the dead, we're the, out of all people, we're the most to be pitied because our faith is futile, it's vain, it's worthless. We not only need the Good Friday, it is fundamental for us to have an Easter Sunday, to have a Resurrection Sunday to happen. Yes, the wrath of God was uh, quenched. Christ, in, in Christ being risen from the dead is the proof that the, the, the Father accepted the sacrifice of the Son. That we were crucified the same way that we are crucified with him on that cross. When our Lord Jesus says in, the, in that last prayer that he prayed, Father, into your hands I command my spirit. We know that by faith, or we believe that by faith, that our Lord Jesus is also commanding our spirits with him. Isn't that the prayer that our Lord Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer? That where I am, they may also be. So when Christ, our Lord, goes into that grave, he's, uh, just before he goes into that grave, he says that where I am, they may also be. If he was not risen from the dead, then we would be as well in the grave. But because he was raised from the dead, we are connected in union with them. We who are with them, seated in the heavenly places, we get raised to life again, and we are with him. And we enjoy all the heavenly blessings that, that he has gained for us. He took our wrath, he, he took our uh, curse on that cross so that we might enjoy his blessings. I've said this before. 
We, are, we so often uh, see it in social media. We so often hear uh, people say, oh, I'm blessed. And you see hashtag blessed all over the place. We should stop our mouths as Christians and think a little bit. Yes, indeed, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the, in the heavenly places with, a, with an incorruptible treasure that, that will not defile. Yes, they, it is ours, but we need to stop a little bit and realize that it's because he was cursed on that tree that we are blessed Paul knew this his life was transformed by the risen Christ not, not by the crucified Christ as Paul was in his road to Damascus breathing uh, threats against the, 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 the people of God the risen Christ appears to him and again, so beautiful. What does Christ say to Paul on the road to, to Damascus? What does Paul, uh, our Lord say to him? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Was, was Paul persecuting Jesus? In, Jesus? in Paul's mind, Jesus was dead. Yes, there was some talk about uh, him raising, uh, having been risen, but that's all hoaxes and, and, and uh, fake news. But Christ says, no. As you persecute my people, you're persecuting me. Why? Because we are with him. Because Christian, you are in, in Christ. He is your head. You are his body in this world. I cannot emphasize this enough. We need to have that Damascene conversion experience as well. It's no longer... Uh, it's no... It's, it's not only having the understanding, the head knowledge that Christ died uh, for, our, for my sins. You need to have an experience, uh, a seeing through, the, through faith uh, of the risen Christ. You must see him. Or as our Lord Jesus said, you must be born again. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. You must be born anew. There must be some kind of being raised to newness of life in your life in order for you to be able to, to enjoy the blessings of our Lord. There is a miracle of resurrection that needs to happen in your soul like it happened in the soul of Paul on that way to Damascus. The apostle says, I live I love how he says this here in, in verse 20. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's, it's as if there is a certain sense as I read this uh, that Paul was shouting for joy and victory. I live in Christ. I was dead when I was following the law. I was dead when I was trying to attain and earn my salvation. But now I live through faith in Christ, with Christ. I was dead when I was a, a religious Pharisee sitting at the feet of, feet of the, the Gamaliel, my, my rabbi. I was dead there. I could not stand before God that moment. When I was trusting my own self-righteousness, I was dead. But now I live. Because he was raised from the dead, now I live. What a cry for victory. I am alive. I'm, a, I'm spiritually alive. And then Paul says these, uh, these words. They are deep, 
in content rich, rich in meaning. The apostle no longer lives as he once did, lived. He no longer lives in his former ways and days. The time before his conversion, that time is over. He is in Christ. He is a new creature. He is born again. The old things, Paul says, have passed away. Everything is new. Everything has become, have be, has become new. Note the word in verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but, but Christ lives in me. The risen Christ lives in me. That is the turning point in our text. That is the good news of the gospel. That God's electing love from eternity, that his son's purchasing redeeming love that the spirit's applying and sanctifying love is in him do you know what that means that for, do you know what it means to live for christ let me put this very simply for the for the children and for the adults who perhaps don't understand it but for the children do you know what it means to say that Christ li lives in me? It means that you expect everything from him. That he is your highest aim, your hope. Everything that you look forward to in life is in him. Let me give you an example. It's kind of like oxygen. For us, for us to live in this world physically, we need oxygen. We live uh, or die with the presence or absence of oxygen. Spiritually, it is the same thing. But our oxygen spiritually is Christ. We need Christ in us day by day. Not only for our salvation all those years ago, and now we can forget about Christ. My once saved, always saved kind of, kind of nonsense as someone uh, some, sometimes he said. No, because we are saved, because we are redeemed, we are continually being with Christ and living for Christ by faith. If you miss oxygen, you will suffocate. And even if you lose Christ, if you don't have Christ, you will suffocate. You're no longer alive. Just as a fish dies outside of the water, you cannot live outside of Christ. The greatest assurance is that we cannot lose Christ once we are given to him he says that all of those that the father gives me I will no ways cast out he says that my sheep know my voice and they follow me and no one will cast them out of my hand my father who gives me no one will cast them out of his hand Christ is our life when Christ lives in you then your whole life, your whole work, your, your thoughts, your heart, your, your, all that you do is directed to him. That's what it means to live by faith in Christ. And so often Christians, brothers and sisters, we are frail, feeble. And we, although we started the walk by, by walking in faith, trusting in Christ, we try to live in this world by trusting in self, by going back to the old self and not living, not walking by faith, not trusting the Lord. We need 
to crucify our old self. I'll tell you, for me, one of the greatest sins of the church in the West, one of the greatest sins that is uh, pervasive in, in our church cultures is the, the sin of living for self. Loving of self. And it's all around us. We all do it. We love self. It's always about me, me, me. Oh, I'm going to be upset. Oh, I'm, going to, I'm not going to like this. Oh, I'm not going to be, want this. No. Living, dying away of the old self is to genuinely die for our, for, for our sins. And living, rising to, to life of the new self is to wholeheartedly stop living in that self-centered mentality and start living in that Christ like mentality that gave himself up for others that's what Paul says let this mind be among you be in you sorry that's the, that, that, let this mind be in you as well follow the example of Christ do you know when Easter life begins do you know when uh, Resurrection Sunday life begins? Having talked about Good Friday, death by faith, do you know when Resurrection Sunday life by faith begins? It's not at your birth. It's not when you take your first breath. Physically, life begins at conception. But that's a different issue for us to address at another time. But spiritually, life begins when Christ comes to live in you. When Christ comes in you uh, and, make, and raises to newness of life a new man, that is real life. He must wash, he must do all that work in your life. But let me conclude the second point because I still have two more points. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to haste uh, through these two last points. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2.20, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Believing in Christ is the third heading of my sermon. And again, it's that tension. Paul knew it all too well. I'm, I'm speaking as if this is very simple and very easy. No, it, it's not. We live by faith still. But we still struggle with the flesh. Though the flesh still struggles with the spirit. And yes, the old man must die day by day. Day by day we must carry our cross, as Jesus said. There is this inner battle, this battle in our, in our inner beings. That's why Paul to the Romans, he was able to say and complain that the good that he wanted to do, he could not do. And the evil that he did not want to do, he did it. And then he goes and he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul lived in this, in this tension. He knew that he needed to crucify by faith his flesh day by day. He, needed to, he, knew, he knew that he needed to live by faith for Christ and in Christ day by day. He testifies of this in his preaching. He testifies of this in his letters. He testifies of this throughout his epistles that we are to live by faith in Christ. But there is 
that faith that is provided by Christ himself. It's him that continues and establishes the good work which he began. The Belgic Confession of Faith. I know I'm being very historical uh, today, but bear with me. I love Confessions of Faith. Not only the 1689, but others. The Belgic or the Dutch Confession of Faith says that, Therefore we rightly say with, with Paul, We know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. We find all comforts in his wounds and we have no need to seek or invent any other means to reconcile ourselves with God than this one and only sacrifice once made which renders believers perfect forever. That is why the angel of God called him Jesus, that is, Savior, because he would save his people from their sins. And then the 22nd article says this, And therefore we justly say with Paul that we are justified by faith alone or by faith apart from works. However, we do not mean, properly speaking, that it is faith that justifies us. We live by faith that in his accomplished work, not by faith in our faith. That's a work. Faith is the instrument that keeps us in communion with God. So believe in Christ. Even today, as we consider the resurrection Sunday of our Lord Jesus Christ, consider it by faith. Trust in it by faith. Cling to it by faith. But don't cling to your faith. Cling to the risen Savior by faith. And marvel at Him. That's my final point. Marvel at Him. Just like Paul did. It seems to me that Paul here in this, at the end of this verse, he, he kind of bursts forth in one of his famous doxologies where he's saying something so rich, so splendid, that he cannot refrain but to, 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 to burst forth and say something that flows from the, the richness of, of the blessedness of his heart. He says, who loved me? and gave himself up for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me? We will sing in a moment of his goodness, of his love. But what Paul is saying is that the, the fruit of true faith is amazement, awe, wonder of, of the cross, of the, of the empty tomb, of the risen, ascended Savior sitting at the right hand of the Father. Paul is amazed and in awe in the presence of the Savior. How great he is. He loved me. How great he is. He loves me. What is this love? Sometimes I feel like we must be silent because anything we say will uh, be utterly, utterly, uh, will fall short of the, of the greatness of the love of Christ. But bear with me, let me say something about this love. It is the Father's electing love in eternity past. His eternal love. His unilateral, unconditional love. Where he loves sinners. Not because of who they are. Not because of what he foresees that they might become. But because he loves them unconditionally. He says, I loved you. It is the Father's unconditional love that is being spoken of here. It is his electing love. It is the, the, the Father's drawing love. It is the Father's drawing love that brings us to Him. It's His redeeming love, His saving love of the, the, of the Son. It is the sanctifying, applying love of the Holy Spirit. 
He died for me. He loved me and died for me. It is all of this put together. He has loved me. Christ has loved me. Can you say the same thing? Can you say Christ has loved me? He was forsaken for me on that cross so that I might never suffer the forsakenness of my sins in the presence of the Father again. So that I might never suffer the wrath that was rightly coming unto me. He was rich. He became poor. So that we who are poor might become rich in Him. So that we miserable sinners might enjoy the richness of His blessings. He was clothed in righteousness. He was perfect and spotless. And He took our sin. He he made Himself as He stood there on the cross to wear our sin by faith. So that we now by faith stand before God in His righteous robes. When Christ Jesus cried out on that, on that uh, cross, I thirst. He cried out, I thirst, so that he might feed us and, and give us to drink of the water of eternal life. When he hungered and when he suffered, he, he, when he thirsted, he hungered, he suffered and he thirsted so that we might be satisfied in him. He loved me to death, even death of the cross. And that changes everything. It should change everything. That's why Paul says, I I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, that the Lord would give us the faith to be able to look at at the risen Savior, to see him there, seated at the right hand of God the Father, the author and the finisher of our faith, that the Lord would grant us the faith to believe, that the Lord would grant us the repentance necessary, that the Lord would give us the assurance that we are his, that he loved us and that he gave himself up for us. Oh, that we would, that we would live by faith truly. That is the call. That is the, the, the challenge for all of us as Christians. To live by faith. To enjoy the finished work of Christ on Calvary. Our Lord Jesus, he is the bread of heaven. Feed upon him. He is the water of life. Let your souls be constantly satiated in him. He is our righteousness that we are to put on continuously. We must live by faith in Him. We must continually derive our supply of grace, of comfort, of strength from Him. And we must say day by day, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me.